A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps, and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have them recline at table, and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us? or for everyone. And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward, whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I tell you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men's servants and the maidservants to eat and drink and get drunk, then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord We are following Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. He is walking ahead of us, and we are struggling to keep up. The author of Hebrews jogs back in time to the call of Abraham. He went, not knowing where he was to go. God told him to go, where? A place I will show you. Jesus calls his disciples to go, where? They had no clue. This is where we all begin. We are born helpless infants, creatures of pure need. We are fed, we are protected, we are clothed and held and soothed without having done anything to deserve it, without offering anything in exchange. This experience, common to everyone who has made it past childhood, informs some of our deepest spiritual intuitions. Our lives are given to us It is the truth of our existence. 
The word innocent from its Latin root means not wounded. We are born innocent. We start unwounded. But our holy innocence is killed by power and abuse. We were reminded of this again just last week. Pope Francis made a penitential pilgrimage to apologize to the indigenous people in Canada who had suffered abuse at the hands of the Catholic missionaries. The final section of today's Gospel speaks of the unfaithful steward who does not serve but abuses those entrusted to his care. Because of our wounds, we have trouble believing what Jesus tells us today. Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Everything we have is gift, but we still find it hard to imagine that God desires the best for us, that God wants to give God's own self to us. Is it any wonder that Jesus compares himself to the thief who has to break into the house at an hour we do not expect? Here's a less violent approach that you might have used when you were trying to get through to your child. If you don't stop, let's say, running around with that noisy gang of children, there won't be any ice cream that I was going to give you when you get back home. Here's another approach. The parent comes to the scene of the noisy gang and starts to unwrap the ice cream inside of the child. The child sees the ice cream beginning to be unwrapped. Desire is awakened in the child by the parent's suggestion. The desire for the ice cream re-centers the child's behavior, and the child is able to leave the gang pretty painlessly. Now, you may think that is pretty underhanded, and it may be. But that is precisely the tactic that Jesus is using in today's gospel. Jesus is standing before us, unwrapping the ice cream, recentering our desire. It is your Father's desire to give you the kingdom. The romantic view is that our heart defines our treasure. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be. But Jesus tells it the other way around. We need to find our treasure in heaven, and our heart will follow. Jesus is like the master returning from the wedding. Instead of having the servants serve him, he has the servants sit down and he serves them. A wedding banquet symbolizes the fullness of human life, and God, in Jesus, is bringing the banquet to us. When we live within the circle of God's grace, we're not afraid to give in the same way we have received, to make purses for ourselves that do not wear out. For where your treasure is, Jesus insists, there your heart will be also. Jesuit Father Greg Boyle runs the biggest gang rehabilitation and re-entry program on the planet. Greg says that faith isn't about saluting a set of beliefs. It's about walking with Jesus and being a companion, particularly standing in the lowly place with the easily despised and the readily left out. Greg tells the story of St. Lawrence, whose feast day is August 10th. Lawrence was a deacon in the early centuries of the church, and the Roman authorities dragged him in along with nine others, and they were going to execute the ten of them. 
but they spare Lawrence because they know he is the treasurer of the church. They thought maybe he had some money. Of course, this is centuries before the church was fabulously wealthy, and so they said, bring us the treasures of the church. And Lawrence said, I'll need two or three days. So they send him on his way, and he comes back three days later. And the Roman authorities say, where is the treasure of the church? And Lawrence said, come with me. And they walk down this hallway, and he opens up a door to a large courtyard. And who is there, of course? The poor, the halt, the lame. It's a who's who of everybody who is nobody. And he says, there is the treasure of the church. Of course, they roasted him alive. Faith is the conviction of things not seen. In the Bible's understanding, the unseen things are in the future. Our future is secure with God, so faith can live in the uncertainty and even agony of now. As Reinhold Niebuhr reminds us, nothing worth doing can be accomplished in a single lifetime. Therefore, we are saved by hope. Rachel Held Evans, who was formed in the evangelical tradition, but left to discover a more mature, honest faith, says, Scripture doesn't speak of people who found God. Scripture speaks of people who walked with God. This is a keep moving, one foot in front of the other, who knows what's next deal, and you never exactly arrive. The difference between a labyrinth and a maze is that a labyrinth has no dead ends. No step taken in faith is wasted, not by a God who makes all things new.